0: You're listening to Sermons at High Peak. Well, good morning again, and I'm thankful that we're here together. And, uh, you know, tonight I want us, or this morning rather, I want us to think about this idea of let your light so shine. So one more time, turn those lights on. Let me see them, everybody who can. All right. Let your light so shine before men that others may see your good works in heaven and glorify your Father. The Bible is just filled with the idea of light, the light as an analogy of what Jesus Christ means to us and how we can share that with other people. We can share that message, that gift to everybody so that they can see the truth in the Old Testament. We get it all the way into the New Testament. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter five, Ephesians chapter five. I want to read verse 13 and 14 with us. And uh, think about this idea of letting your light shine. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. It says this, everything is exposed by the light. Everything exposed by the light is made visible. For what makes everything visible is light. Therefore, it is said, get up, sleeper, and rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Now that first part, he repeats it. He says it one way and then flips it and says almost the same thing just backwards. Everything exposed by the light is made visible. For what makes everything visible is light. He repeats it as an emphasis to show us how important it is that we let our light shine. The light makes things visible. And if it's going to be visible, it will be because of the light. Now remember my... Mom used to say, uh, Nothing good happens after dark. Everybody waved at the nice helicopters, they seemed to come over an awful lot, right in the middle of everything. <laughs> but like I said, my wonderful mom, you know, before she passed away, when we were kids, she would tell us, You need to come in about the time that the street lights come on. We lived in a neighborhood that had street lights, and she would say, Come in. When the street lights come on and sometimes we would ask, why can't we stay out after dark? And she would always say nothing good happens after dark. Of course, her meaning to that was it's usually when people get into trouble is when it's dark out. And so verse 14 of Ephesians 5 says that we should expose the truth. We should expose everything through the light by living out the light. And so that's the first thing we need to understand is turn on your light. You turn on your light. Now, be careful. Don't leave your lights on right now. You can turn them on now. I see some of those. Make sure you turn them off afterwards so we don't have to start jumping cars uh, as you leave the parking lot today. But the truth is, when we turn on our light, what are we doing? We are showing a witness for Jesus Christ, our Lord. In our home, we have uh, something called an Amazon Echo. I wonder how many of you have an Amazon Echo. And uh, for us, the Amazon Echo is really just a glorified light switch. I mean, it really doesn't do an awful lot more. We can do all kinds of things. You can ask it to play music. You can ask it what time it is. You can have it set an alarm. And we do that on occasion. But most of the time, what we do with it is we just say, echo, turn on the lights. I won't say the real word in case you're listening at home and your lights uh, turn on if you've got the same thing. You know, it waits for that command and it's always listening. You can do crazy things with it. But for us, it's a glorified light switch most of the time. In our house, that's what it does. But you know what he says in verse 15 or verse 14? He says there uh, in that verse, he he says, therefore, get up, sleeper. You know, we've used that uh, Amazon Echo as an alarm to wake us up. And one of the things you can do is have it turn on the light. They say, according to studies, the, the best thing you can do in order to make yourself wide awake is turn your lights on. And I had a friend who used to live, his name was Jim, used to live in Alaska, Juneau, Alaska. And that's not far from the area far enough north where uh, there are months out of the year where there is literally no light. And then there are months out of the year where it is nothing but light. And he would tell me about how they would uh, go outside and play and sometimes till midnight and the lights hadn't come on. And it was still bright out. And I thought that would be really cool because, you know, my mom's rule come inside when the lights come on. But, you know, they say that if you live in a place where it's always dark at the North Pole or the South Pole, or if you are in an enclosed place where there's no light, then you have a problem. And sometimes it can lead to depression. I think some of us kind of hold up in our houses a lot and not getting out as much as maybe we used to are starting to feel that right now. But I honestly think there's also a spiritual depression when we are not exposed to the light of Jesus Christ. When we're not coming together as believers as much as we normally would. That's why I'm so keen on getting us back together as soon as we possibly can. and Why we wanted to do this today to get together so we could actually see people face to face, even if distance in a parking lot. That spiritual depression though comes from not having the light exposing you. But you know, we are to be that influence on other people. It's not just for a selfish reason. That we want to be exposed so that we can have our spiritual enrichment. It's for other people. Some people live a life never exposed to the light of Jesus Christ. But you and I can be that light. And so on this, the Sunday after Easter, this is my message to you. Let's be the light. Let's live and let our light so shine. So that others can see us and see the glory of God in our lives by the way that we live. But how many of you have ever had this experience where you go into a room. You flip on the switch and nothing comes on. Does that ever happen to you? Happens to me all the time. Not all the time, but occasionally. And you wonder what happened there? Well, there's a lot of different reasons, can't there be? Number one, maybe somebody has tripped the circuit breaker and uh, it's just not working. (laughs) Or maybe somebody forgot to pay the electricity bill and so it's not working. (coughs) Or maybe the power went out in the whole community. And so it's not working. But sometimes when you can see light in the rest of the house, except that one room, you start to think, hmm, it must be a bad light bulb. And so you make the decision, I'm going to change that light bulb. And so you have to climb up there and uh, unscrew the light bulb and put in a new one. And after you do that, you turn it on and you're like, wow, it starts to work. And the problem is many of us struggle because our light is not properly connected and eventually it burns out and we just don't have any light whatsoever. Get up, you sleeper, he says, and rise up from the dead. The dead, meaning that your light won't shine anymore because you're spiritually dead. I once heard a story about a 747 that was trying to land and it came into its landing procedure. You know, one of the things they have to do is they have to put down... Their landing gear, you know, the the wheels that come out below the plane so that they can land safely on a runway. And as they did that, the button showed that it was not out, that it hadn't been lowered. And they would have to land on the belly of the plane if that wasn't working properly. So they looked at it and they thought, well, how can we know? And so they tried it again and it still didn't work. And they reset some things on the computer and it still didn't work. And they wondered, are we going to have to have a crash landing? And before they were willing to do that, they called in the tower and they had a plane that was somewhere nearby run up a little bit closer. so they could see. Maybe what it was is the landing gear was down, but the light just didn't work. And that's what it turned out to be. Sometimes that happens. The light just doesn't work. Your light in your room, a light on something necessary, like a plane's landing gear. And even more important, the light of Jesus in your life. Is your life dead Are you spiritually dead? Is there no light shining? Paul says, rise up from the dead. In other words, renew that commitment. When he's using this verse, he's really quoting a bunch of different Old Testament passages. Scholars believe that he's pulling from phrases in popular Old Testament passages, some of them from Isaiah. And here's one of them, Isaiah chapter 52, verse 1. That's a very important passage, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But let me read it for you. Isaiah fifty-two one says, wake up, wake up, put on your strength, Zion, put on your youthful garments, Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean will no longer enter you. There's a lot in that passage, but the first part, he says it twice, wake up, wake up. And that's what he's pulling into this verse from this into the Ephesians verse. From this passage saying wake up or rise up. It's the same phrase in the Greek translation of the Old Testament as is used in Ephesians. That idea of waking up. It's a euphemism in scripture for a resurrection. For coming back to life. We hear it used in the New Testament. For example in 1 Thessalonians Paul talks about the dead in Christ will wake up from a sleep. Well you know what sometimes we are spiritually dead. We are spiritually asleep. And I want to know. Do you think that your life is spiritually dead? I believe that the church in America has been essentially spiritually dead. For a long time, we've been spiritually dead. And I wonder if what's going on right now is God's attempt to to sort of shake us up and to wake us up and say, rise up, wake up, get up. Church, it's time for us to have a revival. Now we pray for it, we hope for it, we want to see God send a great revival into our souls and into our churches, our community, and our country. But you know, we have to put ourselves in a position for God to do that. And that happens through the glory of Christ, shining through people who are being obedient and faithful to Jesus and letting their light shine before men. Are you doing so? If your light is burned out, if your headlight is broken, as we had happen to us one time. A lot of times that happens, but I remember one time when we were still living in Kentucky, we're driving along the road, and all of a sudden we see a deer, and it comes down and jumps over the road. And the the very front tip of Barb's Chevy Celebrity, 82 Chevy Celebrity, hit that deer, and it broke the headlight in the front driver's side corner. We had to get it replaced. Sometimes our life is broken. Because of sin in our lives. Or because of some crisis in our lives. Some of you might feel broken right now. But that's not a time to give up on God. That's a time to reconnect with God. To repair that light, So that you can have a spiritual resurrection in your life. Isaiah 52.1. Again, I just read it. I'll read it one more time. He says, wake up, wake up. Put on your strength. Your strength comes from the Holy Spirit. And he's talking about that. It's almost like an analogy of clothing. Put on something. And what does he say? Put on your beautiful garments, Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean will no longer enter you. That uncircumcised, that unclean, that's an a allusion to people who have never put their life into the hands of God, into a covenant relationship. You know, the Jews entered into a covenant relationship on the eighth day of a baby's, after a baby boy's birth. He would be circumcised. Why? To show that he was connected to the community of faith as the, the uh, followers of, of God in the Old Testament covenant. And many of them, if they didn't do that, then they would be punished. And God would look down upon them. He, he actually was going to uh, punish uh, Abraham's offspring because of that. And the fact is that that when God says that we should wake up, we should rise up, and we should put on our garments because the uncircumcised will never come in. He's talking about the end of time. There's going to be a time where it's no longer going to be possible for new people to enter into the fellowship of the faith. When is that? At the second coming of Jesus Christ. In the book of Revelation, he takes this same idea. He talks about the church putting on its beautiful garment ready for the bridegroom to come. Are you ready for Jesus to return? As I look at all the things that are going on, we look at the world, and you wonder, are the end times coming very soon? You know, just recently, I thought about this. I thought, you know, how in the world could you ever see all the people in the world gathering around one figure, like the Bible predicts will happen, with the Antichrist? I mean, we can't even agree in one country who we should follow. How would every single country in the world Get behind one figure. I was talking about this with a man named Chuck Campbell from the Baptist State Convention. We were having a conference call on the internet together this week. And he brought up this point. He said, could you imagine if at the height of this pandemic, one person came up with the ability to cure it all at once? Do you think the world will get behind that person and follow them? I kind of have a feeling they would. If he could somehow prove it. Now, is that what's going to happen now? I don't know. Probably not. But it could. But what if we had an even worse pandemic? What if we had something that was so terrible that it could kill as quickly and easily as Ebola does, but was just as uh, catchy as this thing is? And then all of a sudden, one person who somehow found a way to bring a cure to the whole world. I believe the whole world would line up behind that person and begin to follow them. Did you see that happening? I think the, the groundwork is being set where it's possible that a figure like that could come. It's just a sign that maybe the end is coming sooner than you think it is. We often try to put that off to the end. Are you ready? Have you put on your garments? Is your light shining or is it dead? It might be time to turn on the switch. It might be time to change the dead bald. But you know, it also might be a time to put in the right kind of bald. The right kind of light. Have you ever changed out your lights? You know, in the last number of years, people have been talking about getting rid of those old incandescent bulbs, and first we were putting in compact fluorescents. They said they would last forever, they don't. (laughs) And now they're saying, everybody put in LED bulbs. I don't know, I sometimes wonder if some bulb manufacturer came up with a good con job in order to get us all to switch our perfectly good bulbs. But whatever it is, they're saying it'll save you money. And so we did that here at the church in order to save money. And it's been saving us some pretty good money over the last couple of years since we've been doing it. But as we live for Christ, we need to be living the right kind of life for Jesus Christ. We need to be shining the right kind of light. Did you know light has heat? It has a heat index. Some light is cooler and some light is warmer. Some light more orange color and some light is more white or more blue color. I don't know what the example of that is, is the Christian life, but I know that we need to live a life that is drawing people into a relationship with Christ. And we do that with the right bulb, the light of love, the light of love. In verse 13 and 14 of Ephesians 5, let me read it one more time. Everything exposed by the light is made visible for what makes everything visible. Therefore, it is, is light. Therefore, it is said, get up, turn on your light switch, rise up from the dead. Replace that dead bulb And Christ will shine on you, the right kind of light, the light of Christ in your life. You know, the light of Christ will shine through you and in you if you reflect it properly. You realize that just a tiny little bit of light can dispel an immense amount of darkness. Just a little bit of love can put off a whole lot of hate. And that's what we need in this world. And so we look at it, and we think about it, and we hope that we can reflect it. As the sun shines on the earth, it's more of a direct sunlight, but at nighttime, what does it do? It reflects off of the moon, and you and I are like the moon. We reflect the light of Christ. So let me ask you this question. What does that look like in your life? What would it look like if you were to turn on the light of Christ in your life? What would it look like if if your life seemed dead without any kind of life whatsoever to it? And yet you at this moment right now said, dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Will you please forgive me? I want to do the best to live my life for you. And so I promise that I'm going to, from now on, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to let my light shine for you. If your dead bulb was replaced by a live bulb and you turned on that switch and it was the right kind of light, the light of love in Jesus Christ our Lord. What would that look like in your personal life? Would you maybe be a little bit more forgiving and a little more gracious and kind? A little less angry, not snapping at people around you? What would it look like if your family had that? Would there be a lot more joy in your family instead of acrimony and anger? You know, we're all kind of holed up together. Sometimes I wonder, are we getting sick of each other? (laughs) You know, are the arguments getting a little more frequent and a little more intense? Maybe if you let light shine in those circumstances, God can have an impact in your family, can bring families back together that are splintered and pulled apart. What about in your career at your job? Some of you aren't going to work like you once were, but others of you are. If you're letting your light shine and showing the love of Christ with your coworkers or with the public as you work with them, serving them, in whatever job you face how about in church are you showing the love of Christ to your fellow church members being a lot more forgiving of one another when we don't always work and do the right thing and say the right thing and what about in this country can you imagine if our country had a resurrection of the love of Christ in it a revival of the love of Christ what would that do for the political acrimony that's going on the intense hatred And it's not just dislike or disbelief. We're not arguing because we disagree with each other. We're not arguing because we hate one another. What would that look like if we changed and had the light of Christ showing forth in our nation today? I want to ask you in this moment right now just to pray. Bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here in person in one of the cars, bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're online and on Facebook, you know, some of you, as you listen to this or watch this, you're doing other things, you know, you're, you're working, you're doing laundry or, or cleaning the house or whatever, just pause for just a second. Just stop whatever it is that you're doing while you listen. Sit down or stand still in the middle of your room and bow your heads. Close your eyes. Some of you might be listening to this on the radio. Just stop whatever it is you're doing. If you're driving, maybe even pull over for a second and think. And ask the Lord this question, God, is there something in my life that needs to change in order for me to let my light shine properly, to let the love of Christ shine forth in my life? Is there something, Lord? Show it to me right now. Help me to see it. Is there something I'm doing I need to stop? God, is there some way that I'm not uh, treating people the right way? Is there a person that I need to go to and tell them I'm sorry or tell them I forgive them? Lord Jesus, speak to our heart right now. Reveal to us any unclean spirit in us, any unclean way, any unforgiven and unrepentant sin. And help us to see and know. Thank you so much for listening to our sermons from High Peak. I'm Dr. Kevin Purcell, the pastor of High Peak Baptist Church. And if God has really spoken to you through this message, please get in touch with me. You can go over to highpeakchurch.com and look for a way to contact us. Or if you want, you can come directly to me at pastor at highpeakchurch.com. We're also on Facebook, searching for High Peak Church. We'd love to see you. We have our services every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., Sunday evening at 6 p.m. in our fellowship hall, and then also midweek service on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Please come and join us. We've got classes for all ages. God bless you, and thanks for listening.